pretty sure we're gonna have to fact check that, like Cousin Eddie, because I think Gregory Hines has been deceased for a good chunk of my life. I believe he's been deceased since since oh, Alice. So That's probably not true, but yeah. I mean, I'm not insulted by it. I mean, I don't think his family's listening to the show. But if they are, make sure, again, you rate, review, subscribe, all that stuff. Yes, we are back again for the new year. A little late, but we come bearing gifts. It's breaking news for us. Red Sox, Rafael Devers have agreed in principle to a long-term contract extension, keeping the third baseman in Boston for what is hopefully the rest of his career. We're going to talk more about that in a bit. we got Patriots, Celtics, Bruins, everything else in between. we got a couple of fun segments later on celebrating the new year as well. Stick around for that. Sundance, I'm over the moon. My friend, how are you feeling and what you sipping on? Uh, I am sipping on some fine sparkling ice water here uh, to keep me hydrated throughout the show. Hydration is key, as I have learned over the years, and doing doing really well, as you stated. Um, I think I, I don't think I'm quite as over the moon as you are with the Devers jubilant. extension. Not I am not jubilant, not because I'm not happy to have Devers Your locked in. Was. For the rest of his career, I love that. I think that's phenomenal. Um, the Red Sox actually did well at 11 years instead of his agent probably asking for 15 because Devers right. is so young. Um, right. But but again, it's, it's really the same approach that I've taken with the Yankees' Aaron Judge news. The Yankees didn't get better by re-signing Aaron Judge. He should be on the team. Same thing with right. Devers. So it's it's listen. It does speak to the fans from an ownership standpoint that see we're not all you know blood and guts this off season, um, but man, there's a there's a lot more moves that have to be made if we're going to be excited about 2023 with the Sox. That's fair. That's fair. And key point from all that being sparkling water. Nice job. Hydration key. Uh, I am going the opposite direction uh, i went ahead and went beyond my standard uh you know nice lager or uh a cider or or a weirder if you will uh i right. went right in for the uh old smoky tennessee habanero mango whiskey uh because this i feel like is worth a strong drink some celebration. So I'm going to go ahead and take a sip of that now. You should. Fantastic. Is it spicy? It's it's hot and smoky. Um, Interesting. Kind of like I me. All right. That, yes. Uh, we'll see how the show goes at this rate. Because I poured two fat fingers of that. And I don't <laughs> expect there to be any left by the time we're done. All right. Let's, 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 we already started uh, into it a little bit. Let's get right into uh, the rundown. Uh, go ahead and get right into the socks at this point. Yeah, like let's let's like you said, the thing with the Devers extension, as great as it is, because I think I speak for a number of people, a lot of people, that there was almost an expectation 
unfortunately now that Devers was going to be gone as well after what happened to Bogarts, that maybe yep. they weren't they weren't going to go to this. Like I don't I th- I think it surprises both of us. They're both they, they, this team was even willing to go to this length to sign him um, in terms of years and money, given everything else, it, all the cards they've shown to this point is that it wasn't going to happen. I was I was definitely more expecting a trade with for a bunch right. of prospects, and I was this extension. So in that regard. I'm happy that he's 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 locked up long term. To your point, mm-hmm. and it's valid. In the end, what does it mean? It means you're still the same last place team you were. I mean, granted, they've made some additions, but you're not any better necessarily. You just haven't gotten worse. So in that regard, um, maybe I should have poured one finger of the whiskey, but that's fine. I'm still continuing to be happy about it. Overall, I, I mean, I was we were caught off guard of this tonight. Pleasantly, uh, this is Wednesday night. We're recording. This is going to be old news for a lot of people by the time they go ahead and listen or watch this this show. But in the moment now, I we at least have to be happy that John Henry opened up the purse. Bloom opened up his change purse that he got um, from Scott Boris over Christmas and came out with a lot of silver dollars uh, to get this uh, to get this happening. But uh, so the deal, and this is actually on the heels of the fact they had just signed, they just agreed to the one year, uh, 17 and a half million dollar deal right. for 2023 to avoid arbitration. And they turn around and follow right up with the, so it's an 11 year deal. Uh, it sounds like $331 million. Yep. Uh, I've not seen a lot of the details on the deal beyond that, other than it sounds like there is a, there is not a no trade clause in it, which is interesting because all these big deals have also come with some type of uh, no trade element to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. It doesn't sound like there's one in this. I'm not that concerned about that. If, if we're being frank, you know, to I can see why the team wouldn't want to have that. Ideally, mm-hmm. to have some protection down the road with a big with a long term deal like that. Um, I'm not going to worry about that now. Regardless, you know, there's some, you know. Some worry that down the road, body type, etc. Is he going to be at third base? Is he going to be at first base? Is he a DH? Is it, I don't really care about that right now. I just care about the fact that that electric bat is in the lineup for the foreseeable future, and we don't have to worry about it. Um, I'm just happy, you know. I, again, maybe the bar is pretty low given the way the, this offseason has been to this point. Uh, it is low, honestly, and they've set that bar low. But nonetheless, I'm just happy that's one thing. As a Sox fan, we don't have to worry about going into this year or any future season, honestly. Yeah. Um, you know, again, I – listen, it's it's great that he's locked in, locked up, and not going anywhere for the foreseeable future. You'd love to see that. Uh, since our last podcast, uh, the Red Sox have also signed Justin Turner. Um, I, I actually don't – see Turner being a bad signing in relative terms for a 38 year old designated hitter. I don't see this as Andre Dawson, the second. Okay. I really don't. I I think Turner will, I think Turner is going to give you 18 home runs, 80 RBIs and a 270 batting average at 38 years old. That's not bad. The problem is, it's not going to be nearly enough to make up for all of the other ifs, ands, or buts that are lurking down the lineup. And and that's the problem that I have. And the Red Sox, again, have not made any big moves. Um, there's no – listen, I, I, I don't want to 
I don't want to tip my hand too much on, um, you know, the, the later segment in the show uh, on, you know, some acquisitions that we'd like to see, but mm. the Red Sox have a lot of work to do still. And I don't think they're going to do it. I, I, I believe they're going to go into the season with this iteration of the team. Yeah, no, good. That's a, that's a good point. Um, and and you, you, so you mentioned Turner, uh, some other signings or, or what have you, some acquisitions, noteworthy items from the Sox uh, as well. So Rich Hill did uh, take off signs with Pittsburgh. Uh, I believe yep. like a one-year deal there. I mean, fine. Nate Eovaldi, uh, that's another one that uh, I think kind of stings a little bit. Uh, he ended up agreeing with Texas two years, $34 million, with a player option as well. I'm sure the the off the front office is going to love this. Sox do get a draft pick on that uh, out of that signing because he declined the Sox qualifying offer uh, initially. So they do get draft pick compensation. Cool if you're into that, great. Um, but that one stings a little bit. It's kind of hoping that was the guy they would at least focus on and bring him back in a team friendly deal given his injury history. Uh, team did sign, however. Uh, <laughs> Friend of the division, Corey Kluber, who's basically been like the village bicycle the last few years being passed around the league. Uh, he signs one year, $10 million, $10 million with a team option as well. Uh, the writing was been on the wall with that for like a month. I mean, we, we talked about him going back to our um, hot stove roulette segment a, few, a couple of shows back. Uh, worst kept secret. It's like the guy's been on the roster since the season ended. It's crazy. Um, Gene Segura, it's going back to also in terms of holes. Uh, there's the middle infield hole. Uh, if you're moving story back to shore or if you keep that second, whatever, but you need a mid- another middle infield option. Gene Segura's name had been bandied about. He signs with Miami on a two-year deal. Uh, so you've had a number of names that have been on the uh, you know the, the, the rumor mill uh, for Sox acquisitions that have, have been They've been passed by, have gone on, signed in, in other places, and like you just alluded to a little bit ago, the free agent market at this point is pretty bare. Um, I think it, in terms of where the blame lies on that, you can go another. It's, we can say it's is it ownership that's giving Bloom directive to still keep the purse strings tightened? Is it Bloom who now in his first off season with having true real money to spend? Um, in theory, at least as far as we know, did he just simply misread the market in terms of how to spend that money and it's on Bloom? I don't know that we'll ever really know, at least not for a while. Um, I, I, I still tend to think this has ownerships and John Henry's fingerprints all over it. I don't know that I want to put it on Bloom, um, despite the signing of, of Devers. I mean, the fact that they made that, the, the, the fact they signed Devers to the extension does raise an eyebrow. Like, okay, you know, maybe they were really willing to spend some money and maybe Bloom is the one who coughed it up. I don't really know. Um, the other thing that, that's been, uh, been out there a couple times uh, that I've seen the last week or so, couple weeks, uh, Chris Sale on the trade block type stuff. I'm not sure how much is really behind that. Uh, I think anytime you have uh, a lefty of his talent supposedly available, and you'd assume he is, whether they want to say it publicly or not. He's probably somewhat available, given that contract that's been. Of course, he's for- a, he. <laughs> he, <laughs> but, better, uh, he better be available. Are you kidding me? I would be having him out okay. on the sidewalk with bright neon lights, saying, "We will pay half. We will pay." You half. think half is enough? 
Oh, is it yeah, no, enough? I don't no, know. It's probably not. Seen. It's the starting point, and I still think I think I can see an NL team being interested. I, I wouldn't be surprised if that stuff starts to drum up again. Uh, maybe as we get maybe into February, pitchers and you know before as far as pitchers and catchers reporting, some of that stuff I think is going to come up again. Um, I don't honestly. think it's. I don't think it's real. Do you think that's real? I think that's the Red Sox. You think it was f- fabricated just to try to drum up interest, etc. Only about a thousand percent. Yes, absolutely. Okay, give or take. Probably. Got it. Yeah. All right. Um, it, you no one absolutely can be right because that's what that's what this team is notorious for. Is the team in the local media at this point is notorious now for trying to um, create stories. Yeah, the Savannah that. Bananas are not calling the Red Sox about Chris Sale's availability. Like no one is. I can tell you that right now. It, it's just not happening. He's a broken down pitcher. At this point, that's owed, I don't know, what, 35, 40 million? Um, maybe more. Pretty much you know, it. I mean, and the guy is just completely injury prone, accident prone. No one's calling the Red Sox about him. Sorry. So, what you're saying is, I'm not going to see Chris Sale pitching at a local Holyoke Blue Sox game this summer. Okay. Correct. Fine. All right. That's fair. Uh, they probably can't foot any part of that bill anyway. Uh, all right, so that pretty much sums up everything with the Sox right now. Beyond the Devers signing, there hasn't really been a ton of movement of significance. Um, I, I don't, like you said, I, I don't know that we will see anything, at least until we get closer to spring training and maybe ha- see other invitees, other guys who have been cut from other teams, et cetera, to try to fill in, fill in spots. But at least we have some positive news Devers has been signed to extension 11 years. He's here through 2034 in theory. So that's something. I'll take it. Um, and you know what? I'm even going to drink to it again um, because why not? <laughs> oh, boy. That is – that's rough. All right. Let's get into some Celtics. Um, C's. The Celtics are the ball. Interesting month now for this team. Uh, so right now they're still leading the East. By a uh, half game over Brooklyn, over Brooklyn, which is a whole other conversation. Brooklyn, who's on a 12 game heater right now, they've right. won 12 in a row, a half game back of the season in the East. Milwaukee's in third, a half a game back. Oh, I'm sorry, game and a half back. Um, C's. Celtics are eight and six in December. Very up and down month. Um, they've uh, are now on a, a short four game road trip, going out west, Midwest. Lost the first two games to start that to start that trip. Um, they've lost at Denver. Let's look at the schedule here. They actually lost at Denver on Sunday um, by 12. And really the kicker is uh, losing last night, Tuesday night, at Oklahoma City. <laughs> Oklahoma City drops 150 points on them. So they lost 150 to 117 without their best player. Um, I don't know. It, it's tough when you think you're getting Robert Williams back and you're going to get even – you're going to tighten up even more defensively and you drop 150 on the road to OKC. Um so, so this team, after starting off extremely hot uh, first you know month and a half of the season, what have you, not bad, but not great since the start of December. Um, I don't know what's what's your take on that. Any any quick first reactions to how this team's playing at the moment? Um, you know what? Again, they listen. They weren't going to go. 72 and 10 that they just weren't I, I I thought they were playing above their heads coming out of the gate we talked about it we were both surprised that they came out as well as they did um I had a sense that 
I, I did have a sense that Robert Williams coming back into the lineup was going to be a tricky thing for Missoula. I, I definitely did. I, I didn't think that that was quite going to be just insert and keep going and keep crushing teams by 30. Um, I thought it was going to be a little bit wonky for them. It turned out to be. Uh, that said, I'm not worried about the Celtics at all. It, it, you know, what's the most reassuring thing about the Celtics right now is Tatum and Brown continue to put it out there after every game, win or loss. I don't care how this game went. I'm glad we won. I'm ticked off that we lost. Most importantly, I'm trying to win a championship this year. You know, that keeps on that consistent narrative is exactly what I want to hear. Tells me all I need to hear. And um, I'm really good with the Celtics where they're at right now. I was, my wife mentioned a week ago, wow, Brooklyn's playing pretty well. And, and it was so out of left field. I was just, I, I was like, what? I'm sorry. What? <laughs> you know, like, yeah. And she said, yeah, the Nets, they're really playing well. And I'm like, oh, God. And I look in the standings and sure, you know, I, I, I had seen that they had certainly gotten better. Right. Um, right. And the Kyrie stuff has faded. But man, like you said, here come the Nets. Here come the Nets. Yeah. I, you know, my the, my one thing with that is, and I, I kind of feel like I'm going to keep going back to this until he proves me wrong, is at some point, sooner or later, Kyrie is going to sabotage things, whether he's going he's gonna to take, take, take some personal time, or he's, this is going to happen, or it, it's impossible for, for him and the team that he's on for it to go very long without something like that coming up. And he may prove me wrong. And when he does prove me wrong, I'll own that. But until he proves me wrong, I'm just waiting for the next Kyrie bomb to drop. Um, but until then as well, this team is, is, like you said, they're absolutely playing well. They're right in the Celtics' heels. They clearly are a legitimate contender for right now. Yep. I think this is the team that people thought last yep. year was going to eventually materialize and make noise. That last part of the season going into the playoffs never really happened. But maybe it's manifesting now. So I think I think through, as long as Kyrie keeps his head on and doesn't go full Antonio Brown. Um, they're, they're pretty legit. And then you've got Milwaukee, who we know, obviously is going to be in it um, right up to the end as well. And they're going to be in the mix come playoff time. So going back to one thing you mentioned that, that I actually had a note to bring up, in terms of how we feel about this team, what this team needs, uh, one thing I, I've noticed, I feel like, in terms of the bench and the rotation, mm-hmm. at, we've got Tatum and Brown, like you mentioned, I feel like, at least for right now, they are missing a definitive like third score uh, or someone they can come on because I, I don't think it's Marcus Smart right now. Uh, I know Smart's got his fans out there, and to his credit, deservedly so, you know, defensive player of the year type yeah. stuff. But from an offensive standpoint, uh, I personally still cannot stand seeing the ball in his hands and him acting at times like he's on par with with Tatum and Brown. It gets a, it's a little annoying. Um, he likes to think he is. And he gets a little too into himself. Uh, no, uh, Malcolm Brogdon. As much as we lauded that that acquisition and how well he's played, um, really leading a second unit, that's tailed off a little bit. Um, you know, Grant's been, you know, Grant Williams has been up and down. Um, White's been kind of over the place. I think he's lost his shot a little bit. Uh, we uh, like favorite of ours, Sam Hauser, completely has fallen off in terms of his shot of late. Uh, I think yeah. I saw that tonight actually that the the Celtics bench. Since a month ago, I forgot what it was, but essentially they're like like 
10 to 12 points lower in terms of field goal percentage than they were the first start, of the start during the start of the season. So that's been a kind of a contributing factor to to some up-and-out offensive situations. I'm just wondering, come trade season, as we're starting to get into NBA trade season, do the Celtics need to go out and make a move for, for a, a third scorer or something else? Uh, I'd like to think maybe Robert Williams coming back has at least alleviated any concern with, uh, you know, from a defensive standpoint, the OKC game last night aside. In theory, they, they should be they should be fine defensively. You would think. Do they need to go out and make a move? I don't know. What do you think? Yes. Yeah. They they do. They they, okay. they need a a third scoring option. Someone that is going to pick up the slack on a night that Brown is off, that Tatum is is off, and it doesn't happen often with Tatum. But man, when he has a clunker, he has a clunker. Like you're just kind of like, wow, that was not Jason Tatum's yeah. night. Like he went three for twenty-two. You know, I mean, he right. just he's capable of that. The great thing is, it, it only happens like once every five weeks. But when it does, Brown's not enough to carry them typically. And so you do need a, a third scorer option. Uh, you love your Grant Williams. You know, I'm the biggest Marcus Smart fan in the world. But even I can see that they don't have that potential to put up 25 on a night when they need 25. And Brogdon's not that guy. Uh, Hauser, you, you kind of had hope for it, but you know he's to your point fading a little bit. I don't, I, I, I don't understand Pritchard. I, I don't know if it's just a numbers thing with Missoula, where he's just like you know, I mean, Pritchard's running 10 minutes a game, and he's a spark plug guy. Granted, he's not the answer to our prayers in terms of a third scorer. Sure. But I'm surprised he's. I, I, if I if he's I'm almost, sure, he's getting the Kendrick Bourne treatment in a way, if, for, you know, probably for other reasons, but he's if, become the Celtics Kendrick Bourne. If I'm Pritchard, I'm on the phone with my agent probably once a week, saying, you know, the minute you can get me out of here, I, I want to get out of here. Not because I don't want to win a championship, not be, because I don't love Boston, not because I don't love my teammates, but I've shown that I can. Play, and I can really, you know, right. ignite things at times. And man, he just does not get much of that opportunity. So I, I agree with you. Overall, Celtics are going to have to make a move if they're serious. We know they're serious. I mean, they were in the finals last year. Um, you know, where is that guy right now? I don't know. It's it's a sleeper guy on a team that we're not even, you know, paying attention to. Right. Um, right. But there's there's somebody out there. Right. All right, so C's, like I said, they're in the middle of a four-game swing going out west. They, they've, uh, they're going to try to get one back against Dallas tomorrow night, Thursday night. That's uh, always fun when you got um, uh, Luka Doncic involved. And then um, a place they've, for years and years and years, have always had a, had a tough time with, other than I think last year, uh, is San Antonio. they got San Antonio on, on Saturday. Come back for a couple games against Chicago. Uh, New Orleans, who just lost Zion for about three weeks. Uh, so that's that's too bad because uh, the next night we turn around and go to Brooklyn uh, next Thursday the twelfth. So uh, interesting stretch for the seas. We'll have to see how January kind of shakes out. Um, but we will be back to talk about that some more in a couple weeks, maybe next show. We'll see. All right, let's let's um real quick. Let's just do a quick overview. We got the Bruins. I know we always slight the Bruins, and unfortunately, we're going to continue to slight the Bruins um, tonight. Uh, shout out Coach Emmett. We hear you. We will be there eventually. Um, but uh, we only have so much time on the show. But Bruins, first in the East, 62 points, six points clear of current Carolina. Still rolling at this point. Um, they finished December 9 1 and 4. Um, 
notably beat New Jersey twice in a week on the road, uh, which is big because Jersey's really been uh, has really put together a young team and have kind of yep. making some inroads uh, of late. Still have their point. The, the winning streak is gone, but the point streak, the home point streak, still intact. This team, their last 22, 19 0 and 3 at home. Uh, so you can always bank on them at least taking home a point if you go to see them over on Causeway. Uh, make sure you're still going to see them on Causeway. I'm actually trying to see if I can get out there uh, pretty soon as well for a game. Allmark, still ridiculous. Swayman, Swayman notably has actually stepped up uh, behind Allmark as well. Swayman's actually been playing really well. So between the two of them, between the pipes, they've been keeping this team in games even when they haven't been um, playing a full three periods. Um, mm-hmm. They have shown some chinks in the armor of late, um, but they're avoiding consistent losses. And they're they're at least going overtime. If you know they haven't played great, I feel like in OT they've been a lot of OT games. They haven't played great in OT three on three and have lost some games in shootouts, etc. But they're still getting points. They're still grinding through, right. getting a point out of these games. That's the most important thing um, right now. Getting a little greedy, but I would like to see like to see them play a little better. Uh, kind of finish these games off. They they're going through little stretches in these games where they're kind of just having lapses. But you know what? This is nitpicking at this point. This team's still first in the East and playing well. I would say over their heads, but well beyond what anyone expected going into this season uh, with this group. Uh, one thing of note: the uh, NHL Winter Classic was the other day. They uh, yep. at Fenway. They did take that game two to one against Pittsburgh. Um, and the, the bigger note of that is John Henry, uh, who was present for that game, was booed routinely uh, by the full packed house at Fenway Park. Um, and I'm sorry, Mr. Henry, that's what you get when you when your when you decide to go and buy a, another team outside of this city in the Pittsburgh Penguins, and they just happen to come to town for a big game like the Winter Classic at Fenway Park. And given and again, this is before the Devers extension, but given the offseason the Red Sox have had and was deservedly booed by the crowd. And it makes you wonder, did that play any part in the Devers extension? Because Mr. Right. Henry's ego just couldn't take it. Boo-hoo. Uh, but that's just a funny little anecdote there. Uh Bruins, upcoming. You've got they're actually going on a West Coast swing. We've got the Kings Thursday night. Uh we got San Jose Saturday. And we finish up Sunday, so on a back-to-back at Anaheim before coming back uh, for a couple of games at home against Seattle and Toronto. All right, let's let's dive right into the Patriots because the the Pats have been um, another hot topic. We've we've we're going on three weeks now, so we've got some catching up to do there as well. So at this point, Sunday's eight and eight, second in the East, more importantly, seventh in the AFC. As of right now, they have the last AFCs. Last of the AFC's playoff spots. Uh, however, they needed essentially need a win at Buffalo this weekend to lock in that playoff berth. I think they can still get in with a loss combined with if there's about three or four other losses that happen within the conference that is somewhat unrealistic. So really it's a winning in deal for them. Yeah. Um, yeah. So since the last show, I mean, this team has had so – there's been three games. We've had the debacle, which we don't need to get into too much of the losses at this point. They had the debacle ending at Las Vegas, yeah. losing 30-24 uh, off of uh, a terrible touchdown, not touchdown call of Dequeelan Cole to tie the game. Not a touchdown, whatever. Um, but really the ridiculous play by um, Ramondre and Myers uh, to end that, that game when um, – they also got their quarterback almost killed when he got trucked by Chandler, old friend Chandler Jones on that that touchdown. Oh. Um, yeah, brutal. Um, then you also have a loss against Cincinnati at home. 
a couple weeks ago after being down 22 nothing. Came back a bit, made it a game, but couldn't uh, complete that. Lost 22-18 to at home against Cincinnati. Fumbling but on the fall- goal line at the end. Fumbling they the- could have won the game. The- yes. Um, discipline. Discipline's definitely been, in, in, in m- many aspects, has been an issue with this team. Uh, they did come back, had a nice win at home uh, versus Miami this past weekend. Uh, defense specifically stepped up a lot in that game. Granted, uh, I know you're talking about playing with your second, then third string quarterback. Uh, I think Teddy Bridgewater as a backup is fine. I don't necessarily think this is a, a, a situation where your backup quarterback is to blame for not winning. Uh, but really, when you got down to uh, Skylar Thompson, who had a chance to, to try to bring them back in the fourth quarter, that's when you start to see the talent gap there uh, after um, Teddy had been knocked out. Yeah. Uh, again, it was a defensive game. They really limited the, the, the Miami to beyond. I think it was a Jalen Waddle big play. I mean, that, that offensively they really didn't do a whole lot. Um, so credit to the defense for stepping up at home in a must-win game. Um, takeaways from that game. I'll throw it to you. Takeaways from that game for you. Um, not not an overly impressive win. You, you know, and it's it's interesting because I've seen some. Uh, you know, reaction to the game that was um, overblown, I think. I, I, I saw some folks saying, uh, you, you know, I think Peter Schrager, NFL Network, said, you, you know, this is a great game for Mac Jones. His third down completion percentage in this game was 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 incredible, and this is what you want to see from your young quarterback. I got to be honest. I mean, he was also throwing 100-mile-an-hour fastballs over the middle at guys that were five yards away. You know, those are tip balls waiting to be intercepted, throwing and then some guys. And, and, th- and then some ducks to guys who are right up and on the sideline who and just short-armed them by three yards. Yeah. Heaving up ducks, running into right. sacks, not escaping sacks, not throwing the ball away. Um, again, I don't want to give away – I don't want to tip my hand too much for the later segments, but this – this was sure. not a this was not a great win, um, and uh, it was not impressive. And I don't have great confidence that they hold on to the playoff spot through next weekend, through this coming weekend. Okay. I, I just right. unless, and it does not look this way, unless Buffalo coming off the horrendous Demar Hamlin story. Um, He's he's improving from from everything you read and see. He is improving. Um, there was talk early on today, yesterday, that you know, geez, you know, Buffalo could just forfeit that game against New England and just collect their team and say, hey, go be home with your families for a few days, and then we're going to come back and we're going to be focused for the playoffs. That's not. Right. I, I'm sorry, but that is, that is not looking like it's going to happen. I don't see the NFL making up the Cincinnati Buffalo game. I think they're just going to toss that off to the side. And I think the Patriots are going to run into a hornet's nest, buzzsaw, steamroller come this Sunday against against Buffalo. And, and I think all those playoff hopes go up in smoke. And, let, and again, the Patriots are not a playoff team this year. We, we've been you know over that. Agree. Uh, all right. So one thing I want to take away from that before we move on is um, so in that scenario, really in any scenario, but really especially if the Pats don't come through this weekend in Buffalo, miss the playoffs mm-hmm. at 8-9. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've talked about this 
before, but in terms of how that affects the future with Bill Belichick with this team, whether do you feel his job is in jeopardy, whether with regards whether it be a Robert Kraft forcing Mao, a forced retirement, anything like that, do you feel like there's a chance he sticks around, but only with certain changes? How does Bill O'Brien factor into that? What do you think from that in that regard? So I believe Belichick comes back. I believe he comes back with a true offensive coordinator, not a promotion of Nick Cayley. I think he's the tight ends coach, if I'm not mistaken. Um, he's well-liked, right. well-perceived on the staff. Um, but I don't think Bill is going to be in a position to say, hey, I'm going to promote this this you know, this guy. Um, I just don't think that flies with Robert Kraft. I think Kraft says – you're going to go out and, and and you're going to hire someone. And I don't care what it costs. And if it has to come out of your salary, it'll come out of your salary bill. But we're not doing this. this <laughs> we're not doing this oh. game again. And listen, now, now here's the thing. If it were me, I would be having serious conversations about moving on from Belichick. You know, his decision-making the past four years has just not been very good. And, I'm sorry, but I know people say it's Brady 1, Belichick 0. If you're asking me, it's Brady 21, Belichick 0. I I just, it's so clear you can't win without a good quarterback. Belichick had no plan coming off of Brady. He really didn't. We got lucky to get Mac Jones, and then we fumbled that up so badly that everyone was talking about, if I'm Robert Kraft, I'm looking at Belichick and saying, you know, Bill, I, I can give you one, I can give you two, but we're looking, we're coming up on four years of not great football. And in that game against Miami on Sunday, bad tackling, no offensive creativity, quarterback is not developed well, he can't throw the ball out of bounds when a sack is like, you know, clearly on its way, five steps away, he runs into the sack. I, if I'm if I'm Kraft, I'm really given that some thought. There's a lot of great candidates out there. Um, and you're going to lose one of them, Gerard Mayo, who's about to pull down. You know, he's done. He's just I, like, I, be I gotta go make if he stuck around. And so, yeah, so that's how I, I feel. I think Bill will get a pass. I, I do. I think Bill will get a pass and uh, Kraft will step in and say, I want to know about these offensive coordinators that you're going to be looking at. Right. Yeah, no, I, uh, it would be interested to really I want to see where Bill O'Brien falls into that and how much of that has been drummed up by media conjecture, et cetera, and people just trying to like connect dots as opposed to is there really anything to it. That's something I'm, I'm really more curious about is, is just the validity of that. And I think, well, we won't really know until uh, obviously the off season, but uh, more to come on that. So, all right, that's that's. I think that let's 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 cap it there uh, in terms yeah. of kind of going over the, the local teams. Um, do have a couple of fun segments planned out uh, before we get into the next one, though. You know, it's again, this is a New Year's celebration, right? New, New Year's Day, New Year's Eve, it's all happened. Everyone had a good time. You know, New Year's is a time of like everyone has resolutions. You want to start fresh. Uh, put something on your plate that you can you want to run after. I want to do this. I want to do that. Well, folks, if you're looking for an easy New Year's resolution um, and you like the show, why not just check off that easy box? Go ahead and say, hey, resolution, took care of that one, easy one. Make it to share this show with your family and friends, right? 
Easy box to check. Uh, also, make sure to hit that like button, subscribe, comment, etc. If you're watching us on YouTube, you know what to do. Uh, if you're listening to us on your favorite podcast provider, go ahead and rate and review and whatever else they'll let you do on there. I don't know. I don't li- really listen to a lot of podcasts, but you know what to do if you're listening to us. Uh, 2023, Sundance, is going to be a big year for the show. I can Let's feel go. it. I know you can feel it. Uh, we want as many people as possible to join us for that ride. The train is leaving the station, folks. Get on board. Um, New Year's. New Year's resolutions, etc. One One big one is uh that's been coined for years is hey hey new year new you and, you know if you're, if you're joining a gym or you're doing this or doing that to trying to get some self-improvement well we're gonna go ahead and have our own version of new year new you uh, on the show here uh except it's gonna be a little bit different this is where new year new you is gonna be about new people or acquisitions for any of the local teams here that we'd like to see happen um so we're going to play a little game here where we go ahead and give the the other host three clues, three resolutions for a, an unnamed person. And we're going to try to guess who that person is as far as in terms of them being a new acquisition for a team locally here. So we're going to start off. So it's, I'm going to, I'm going to kick it to you. I want you to give me, start giving me your resolutions for your first, your first new year, new you persona. All right, so um, this this would be an acquisition for your Boston Red Sox. Okay. Oh, you're telling me who it's for, Ralph. Okay, I, I'll All right. tell you right off. I appreciate you making it for him. Thank you. Okay. Make, making it easy. So this fine young gentleman solves multiple issues for the Red Sox via trade. Multiple issues via trade. It is going to be. Hmm. It's so many. I mean, there's so many people here. Who this could be. Um, it's gonna be. Next clue. Yeah, next clue. Next clue. Uh, he would be going from laughing stock of the National League to more than likely laughing stock of the American League. Oh, it's Brian Reynolds. <laughs> it's Brian Reynolds. Absolutely. Ding, this ding. is a guy right. that, listen, you can slot him right into center field, and now you've got Kike to throw at short, to throw at second, to spell Reynolds in center when he needs a break. I, you could you could really do a lot of things. You could move on from Verdugo and, and you know trade for even another big bat if you wanted to. Um, and I'm sorry, but that's just the way it feels is that for the Pittsburgh Pirates of the American League lately. So good job by Sadly, you. I well, good good clues, good good resolutions. All right, so. Uh, now, my resolutions are going to be a little more off-kilter, um, so don't be mad when they're not as straightforward as yours, but you okay. need to have some fun with this. Okay, first resolution for this new acquisition, uh, he, so it's male, uh, is going to start dating someone out of his league. All right. Um, Harry Styles. <laughs> Uh, no, not Harry Styles. Unfortunately, he has not uh, ever picked up a baseball bat. As far as next clue, but next clue. All right, second resolution for this gentleman: he is going to become a back-to-back All-Star. Tristan Cassis. 
incorrect, unfortunately. Uh, but it, but it could have worked. It could have. You triple A. Yeah, you made the triple A All Star game. I think we have to fact check that. We don't have a producer to do that right now, but I'm not going to. But I'm going to assume that happened in 2022. Cool, but no. Okay. All right, third resolution. Okay. This one should give it away. Uh, he is not going to be allowed to wear black and yellow unless he's at a Bruins game. Wait a second. I mean, are we talking about Brian Reynolds, the same guy? Ding! Yes, it's also wow. Brian Reynolds. Right. Uh, well, not going to change. Okay. Yes. Uh, so Brian Reynolds, like you said, so switch hitter, good, good contact, decent power, OB skills. Still has three years of team control uh, on an affordable contract. Was a National League All-Star in 2021. Uh, However, realistically, the Sox giving up what is needed to get him. Um, Not realistic. I think I saw uh, an article, actually, can bring it up, in The Athletic uh, this morning, actually, um, speculating on a number of potential trades for him. Uh, I think the potential... (laughs) The trade that was bandied about uh, by The Athletic's uh, writers... Was Brian Reynolds, David Bednar, good good bullpen arm, um, which yep. they don't need anymore, uh, and Luis Piguero, who I believe is their uh, next coming up shortstop uh, prospect for Marcelo Mayer, Tanner Houck, and Sedan Raphael. Um, so obviously it goes right out the window immediately. Uh, hey, throw Devers in there while you're at it. Well, we would, but Pittsburgh can't pay him now. So. Sure. Um, Hey, maybe we could right. sweeten the pot with Chris Sale, though. That would be something. Ooh. <laughs> can, something. Can, can, you, right now. can you imagine if the Red Sox somehow traded him to Pittsburgh? <laughs> can you imagine the fit that Chris Sale would throw? I mean, what's he going to do? He would probably like, ride. I bet he'd be willing. He'd ride his bicycle right off that bridge in the backdrop. Um <laughs> take, a a pair, that take a pair of scissors to John Henry's finest silk pajamas and, and you know, slice and dice his way to um, jail. I, I mean, man, uh, no, not going to happen, but something. something we will here. Uh, all right, so second New Year, New You acquisition Sundance. Let's, let's, let's hear some resolutions. Okay, so this owner would be taking a page out of John Henry's book. And I figure this could be a little bit confusing for you from a sense of an owner. Oh, thank you. Okay. (laughs) My simpleton mind might not be able to catch up to what you're trying to spin here. I got it. That's fine. Um, Yeah, I don't know. Give me another one. Recently married. And this is... No, good try. Um, I'm going to give you a clue with a bonus. So this is another Red Sox acquisition. Okay. Okay. Follow along. And it stays in state. In state, okay, so it is. Um, oh, Derek Kellogg. Good guess. Uh, as our men are putting it to St. Louis, uh, they're up by five. I know you love your Minutemen. You love your Minutemen. And so this New Year's New You 
would actually be Robert Kraft acquiring the Boston Red Sox from John Henry and actually putting money into the Oh, the, the entire team. Ooh, <laughs> Absolutely. Listen, Robert Kraft isn't going to play center field and he's not going to take for sales spot in the rotation. Not at 81, but, probably not. But I'd really love to see what Kraft would do with the Red Sox because he's, he's, he's a fan's owner. You know, I mean, he has been. Ever since, ever since he took over the he's Patriots, a fan. he's right. a fan first and foremost. Um, going out and getting built ourselves, you know. I, I mean, pretty cool, pretty okay. cool. So uh, that right. was a thought. That, uh, All right. So my second uh, New Year, New You acquisition, uh, first resolution. Uh, this person would be they're, they're resolving to go ahead and make a career change in 2023. Complete career change for them. What is Deion Sanders coming in to manage the Red Sox after Alex Torquitz? Okay, well, he's being overtaken <laughs> by the ghost of Alex Trebek. I don't, but no. Not, not you, you don't think uh, that those sunglasses wouldn't work in the Red Sox dugout? I, I, Neon Dion played baseball. They, sure, they would. It's just not who I'm talking about. But okay. we can we can we can sidebar that for another conversation. <laughs> if that, I think he's busy in Colorado though right now. Um, all right. So second second resolution. Uh, this person is going to need to add some parkas to his wardrobe. Ah, uh, Patriots trade for Tyreek Hill. No. Good guess, though. Okay. I like where your head's at. Okay, right. third resolution. This person will not be marching anymore in 2023. No more marching. Marching. No more marching. Uh, you know, I, it brings to mind the college game, and, and I am completely off there, I'm sure. Uh, I don't think LeBron is going to sign or get traded to the Celtics, so help me out here. We talk. All right. So the answer is uh, new Patriots head coach Sean Payton, who is acquired by Robert Kraft, brought in, no more marching, leaving New Orleans. I see. Um, That's a good one. Sean yep. Payton comes in and takes over head coaching responsibilities for the Patriots and get, makes us all sort of forget about Bill in the last three years, as you alluded to earlier, uh, four years really. Okay, third New Year, New You, Sundance, hit me. Uh, back with the old and out with the new. Back with the old, out with the new. Oh, um, so getting rid of Heimblum and replacing him with um, straight out of the grave, John Harrington. Second clue. We're talking about the Patriots, not the Red Sox. And that's okay. Appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> is that is that is that it or? That's it. That's a pretty big clue combined with the first one. Um. So the first clue was, can you repeat the first one, please? I, I can. It is back with the old, out with the new, back New England old, Patriots the... for 2023. Oh, we're bringing back the Pat the Patriot uh, logo predominant to be the main. Now, now I would love that. 
that would be so and 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 at some point i'm wondering so it's not right is what you're saying it's not right, but at some Shit. point I, I do okay. wonder if the Patriots get into that whole, they tap into that whole Irish vibe of, of Boston and they do a bad Patriot jersey day where they're green, you know, like like just how the NHL has like those funky alternative and alternate jerseys. Um, that'd be pretty cool. But no, we're, we're talking about bringing Tom Brady back to the New England Patriots. You didn't even give me a third clue. I thought I did. But I apologize yeah, if I did. We're, 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 I sorry, so we're ex- running long anyway. So that works out. I was so excited at the prospects. That's um, that's actually I should have got that. That's a good. It's a good call. Fantastic. All right. Um, all right. So my third, my third one here. First resolution for this person. Um, they're giving up dancing in 2023. No more dancing. Jerry Rice comes out of retirement to play for the Patriots and get Mac Jones and actually wide receiver. Real target. Probably still the best deep threat they'd have. Unfortunately, no, but I like it. Okay. Um, okay. All right. Second resolution for this person. Uh, they're going to be giving up the color blue entirely. Gregory Hines comes out of retirement to play for the New England Patriots wide receiver after training Pretty sure, I'm pretty sure we're going to have to fact check that like Cousin Eddie because I think Gregory Hines has been deceased for a oh, good chunk of my life. I believe he's been oh, deceased oh, since, since that oh, I'm so sorry. That's probably not true, but yeah. I mean, I'm not insulted by it. I mean, I don't think his family's listening to the show. But if they are, make sure, again, you rate, review, subscribe, all that stuff. Please, Heinz, Heinz family, you may, you may not like what you're hearing from Sundance, um, but if you like the show otherwise, disregard. Um, not Gregory Hines in any way, shape, or form. You look that up. Um, so the third resolution for this person is uh, he, male, going to be spending more time at his parents' house after this this acquisition, this move. He's going to be spending more time at his parents' house, which they're going to be thrilled about. Well, it would have to be Gregory Hines Jr. because Gregory Hines did pass away 20 years ago, so my apologies to the Hines family. Um, and I'm going to go with Gregory Hines Jr. to the Patriots. He's an unknown prospect out of Oklahoma State. Maybe. Um, however, no. Um, okay. We're actually not even close on this one. It's actually, so it's the Celtics. Um, I know you were giving me the teams, and I appreciate that. I was not giving you the teams because I felt like it would give it away. It's for the Celtics. It's actually, going back to our trade, uh, for discussion earlier, it's them acquiring uh, noted three-point specialist, Donnie Wahlberg, who Wick and Brad Stevens saw perform at a halftime concert, you'll remember, with NKOTB last year. And thought, hey, we need to get this guy some reps beyond the arc. So he's not going to be dancing anymore because, you know, he's at 53 uh, now-ish. So dancing and shooting three-pointers doesn't go together. Giving up the color blue uh, on the show Blue Bloods and spending more time at his parents' house, who I believe are still in Dorchester? I say with a question mark. East they Sudbury, are. I, I don't know. Yeah, for Dor- a few years. Okay. You were at the... Okay. Well, I hope you... Not Donnie high five and cheers. But his parents' house, Right, because he's not actually has not been acquired yet. Uh, all right, so new year, new you, lots of fun acquisitions for uh, our local teams. Mm-hmm. Likely none of which are going to happen, but hey, why not have some fun with it? 
All right, so coming out of that, we, we covered resolutions for the new year, right? That's what this has all been about. Part of New Year's to reflect on, to 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 reflect on, you know, to think about the, the current year coming to the end. So 2022 coming to an end. You know, we're talking about resolutions for 2023, but part of New Year's is to also reflect back on uh, the year past, right? Sure. So in light of that, we're going to go ahead and we're going to run it right into our next New Year's segment. It's really just going to be our own top fives of 2022, right? A lot of stuff happened this year, uh, like it does every year. Let's just go through. We're going to talk a little about our top five. Anything. It could be our local teams here, the Boston teams. It could be it could be on the national scene. Anything that, we, that struck us. It could be non-sports if we want. Just what's what's our top five of the year as we say goodbye to 22, 2022 with uh, a middle finger, honestly, um, extended. So I'm going to kick it to you as well. So, Nance, what's your number five moment thing, anything of 2022? Number five. Uh, the, the Brady Giselle divorce. Shocking. I, I just, I didn't, I really just did not think we would ever come to that. I thought Tom would come to his senses. I thought someone in his family would get to him and force him to retire. So it's it's Brady Giselle. I, I'm just, I'm still surprised that, that he. Such a out. little rascal. How about you? <laughs> All right, so not that, but obviously a fantastic one. Could have easily been even higher up on any list. Uh, so number five for me, a little off off the beaten path a little bit, but if you you or anyone knows me uh, and how invested in uh, fantasy sports I am, football, baseball, etc. cetera. Uh, also, shout out to anyone who, uh, any commissioners out there who are unfortunately dealing with the after effects of the Buffalo Cincinnati game uh, and that being postponed and having to navigate dealing with that with your uh, other league owners, constituents, etc. My heart is out to you as well having to navigate that with those guys because it's not a fun thing to to deal with as we try to figure out what's going on with that game. Uh, People are going crazy. People with uh, torches and pitchforks in the street, um, pounding down doors, wanting to know what's going on with their championship game because it is championship week in most leagues this week, or was. So that game had a lot to kind of uh, had a lot of um, effects on the outcomes of those. Not to take away from Demar Hamlin's injury at all, but uh, again, shout out to fantasy league commissioners. So my number five is actually Tommy Pham's fantasy slap. Um, he, the Giants visited Cincinnati back in May. And Tommy Pham pregame went and slapped Jock Peterson across the face um, because he felt he was slighted um, based on a fancy football situation. So basically, the two of these guys were in a football league together in 2021. Tommy Pham, who I'm not, I'm not going to lie to you, this is actually the, the main reason why I wasn't crazy about the Sox acquiring him last year because I'm like, this little bitch is going to go around slapping people over fancy football. I mean, I don't know that I want him in the clubhouse. Um, but he basically went and well he believed jock peterson was illegally stashing um players who were out for a given week on his injured reserve list which in most platforms you can do but he claimed the league had their own individual rules you couldn't do it it's set so he was just mad at jock mm-hmm. basically fudging the rules or whatever to and this is a ten thousand dollar buy-in this league was a ten thousand dollar buy-in so fame was mad about messing with his money uh on top of 
Jock also sending some funny gifs gifs to the um, the league group chat, poking fun at Fam and his, his Padres teammates, etc. At the time, so Fam wasn't having anything was having nothing to do with it. Walked up, smacked Peterson pregame. They had to be separated by teammates, and even after, kept doubling down, saying, "You know what? No regrets. I do it again," and just went off on it. So I think he got a three game suspension for that. Mm-hmm. Um, so that stood out to me. I thought I, mean, I didn't was it, I didn't like it as much as it stood out to me as like a a, a crazy moment for the year. So that's my number five. Uh, Tommy Fam fantasy slap. Uh, wow. What's your number four? Number four. Uh, number four. Celtics into the finals. It was so improbable in February 2022, uh, which I know is almost a year ago now, but. Uh, we talked about it on this, on this show. There was just no way, conceivably, that the Celtics were going to sniff the conference finals. And they just absolutely caught fire. And I, and I have to be honest, it, it's painful, but you know, I do have to be honest as, as a true Boston fan. The other half of that top four moment is not winning the finals. It, they, the momentum, they had it halfway through. And, and they, the, the Warriors were looking old, and you just felt you just felt it like, oh, this we've got this, and it just nope, it was snatched away. And it seemed like they had them against the ropes there for a bit, and then they just yeah. Steph takes. Just, so, I mean, Steph, there you go, yep, Steph. Um, all right, so my number four, again, going a little bit outside our normal realm of this show. Um, it's actually it's had to cheat a little bit. It's a split. I had to split this between two. But you understand why. They're both actually wrestling-related. Also, before I go on to this, um, side note, we are now into WrestleMania season. Uh, Royal Rumble, right around the corner in about three weeks. Uh, three weeks from this coming weekend. You've also got WrestleMania uh, 39 in Los Angeles, early April. So I may start throwing little things here and there about that. But if you're if you're a wrestling head, uh, make sure you go check out our boys at the Run-In Podcast. They've got everything covered every week um, as far as uh, wrestling between WWE, AEW, etc. So make sure you check those guys out. But my number four is a split between, and anyone who follows wrestling will know, the bloodline with uh, Roman Reigns, Uso, Solo Sokoa, and Sami Zayn uh, basically just going nuts and taking over WWE in 2022. It's been building for a couple years, but 2022 was a ridiculous year for them and that storyline. I'm splitting that. I'm also a big thing for me was Stone Cold Steve Austin returning at WrestleMania 38 in Dallas um, back, this, yeah. back in this past spring. Um, so Bloodline again they've been they've been running shit for a couple of years. Uh, Sami Zayn has become the most over um, personality in wrestling over the last year possible. The guy the guy he's hilarious. He's doing top notch work. Um, Check that out if you can. He's he's more over than almost anybody. Roman Reigns has had the Universal Title for over 855 days, something ridiculous. So I think is like the, the sixth longest title reign in in wrestling history or WWE history. Steve Austin. All right, so he he returned in WrestleMania 38 in Dallas. So he's he's a Texas guy. It all it always with him building for a long time. Rumors that he would if he'd ever come back, this would be it. Dude had a 19 year layoff. His last. His last match was WrestleMania 19. Comes back this spring, 19 years later, has a no-holds-barred match against Kevin Owens for 10 minutes that didn't even, I think, spent about a minute of it in the ring and went around the stadium. He didn't just have, like, a, a fun 
appearance match. The dude went full bore for 10 minutes to the point where they're rumoring that he's going to have another match this coming WrestleMania as well. So hopefully some foreshadowing there. But as a wrestling guy, I had to throw that in there. Really, Bloodline, Sami Zayn, but also Steve Austin's return to WrestleMania 38. Huge pop. There's no way I cannot leave that out of my, out of my top five. So that's my number four. Um, so Nance, what do you got for number three? Number three. Uh, keeping with the Celtics thread, the Udoka story that broke in, um, I think August, if, it, if I'm not mistaken, maybe September. It just so left field. Just just didn't see it coming at all. You, I, you could have put all 32 NBA coaches up in front of me. He'd have been the last guy that I would have expected doing stuff like that. Not that I think there's, you know, all these coaches doing that, but just never, you just never, just never. got that sense from him um, in any of his interviews. You never heard about it, never read about it. He was so highly touted coming to the Celtics as an up and coming young coach who studied under Greg Popovich. And when that story broke, it was just l- legit unbelievable. But it was believable, unfortunately. Yeah, had to be. Um, sad. Uh, all right, my number three. Uh, this number three will be the United States men's national team, soccer team yep. qualifying for the World Cup. Yep. Um, so, U.S. men secured one of three. So, there's three auto berths out of the CONCACAF World Cup qualifying back in March. Whatever, the cycle ran for a couple of years. But essentially, U.S. men secured one of those three auto berths back in March. Uh, they had a 14-game qualifying cycle. Seven, seven wins, three losses, four draws, 25 points. So basically, you know, this is a team that was coming off of missing the World Cup in Russia four years ago. Where's this Where's this program going? It's in shambles. We're going to rebuild it from the ground up. They uh, bring in Greg Berhalter, who was a former player um, for the U.S. men's team, um, to coach this team. Um, and granted, the bar may have been low to begin with coming off of the last really – not even just four years, eight years, given the fact that they didn't qualify in the last cycle, you know, six, seven years ago into four years ago in Russia. Uh, but this team uh, went ahead, qualifies for World Cup, um, granted, behind Canada and Mexico, but did a goal differential of plus 11. They went ahead, finished, you know, they, they got in. And as we know, they, they not only got in, but they ended up um, going through out of their group, getting to the qual- uh, quarterfinals. They lose the Netherlands, which we, we've talked about on a previous show. Unfortunate they couldn't go further. Some people might deem that as not necessarily a success. For me, the fact that they got back to World Cup and are back in the upswing, hopefully, is despite the current, there are some now some some issues with the team and Greg Berhalter and Reyna and all that stuff. You guys can go check that out uh, online. I'm not going to get into it. But that aside, the fact that they got back to the World Cup, is this, this program seems slightly back on the upswing, hopefully, Big thing for me as a soccer head. Uh, so, U.S. Men's National Team qualifying for World Cup was number three for me. Uh, what's your number two? Number two. Brittany Griner story. I mean, that was just insanity. That was just insanity from, from you know, being jailed for, you know, a, 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 a little bit of marijuana, hashish, whatever it was, to, oh, my God, I think she's going to spend the next 15 years in a Russian gulag and then and then you know uh released last week uh that just an incredible story just an incredible story all the way around and you're thankful that she's home 
Awesome, that's a, that's a great one. So my number two um, actually goes back to some of your previous ones. It's the Celtics. Uh, their finals yeah. march um, back in the spring. Um, so, like I said before, basically the season went from mediocre at best mid-season. Crazy second half run, 31 and 10, second half of the season to get that second seed in the East. Um, and even on top of that, going more specific for me, it was really uh, game one of the first round against aforementioned Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. Um, Tatum ends that game. I think it was like 14 seconds left, inbound, get it down, pass around a couple of times, etc. Um, ends up with Tatum winning that game with kind of a, a spin around, spinning layup at the buzzer around Kyrie of all people. Uh, and I remember just being in my car. I was driving to Rhode Island at the time yep. to move my daughter out of uh, at her dorm for the summer. Yeah. And just going ballistic in the car alone, knowing people are watching me on both sides. Like, what's, what's <laughs> going on with this guy? He's going to hit me. I'm not going to hit you. I'm just I'm I'm laser focused. But we just won this game uh, yep. because the call on the on the radio was was incredible as well. So so number two definitely Celtics Finals March, but specifically that game one. Um, Winner by Tatum around Kyrie that's being layup, um, kind of, kind of really sold it for me. Um, so that's my number two. What's your number one? Number one. Number one moment of 2022. And and if you've been watching the podcast the last month or so, it's no surprise I'm a broken record. Um, oh boy, it's Matt this Patricia. It's it's okay. it's Matt. It's Matt Patricia. I thought we we're going UMass men's basketball team again with this because I might have. That's where I might have to draw the line. I don't. Not not yet. Now that hopefully okay. that's, that's going to be twenty twenty three. There you go. Um, oh, listen, God. this has been such a debacle, and and what I just don't quite understand from a fan media perspective is if any other coach had done this he'd have been out of a job Belichick he'd have been been out of a job week 8 can you imagine can you imagine if Robert Sala said you know what I think I'm going to bring Rex Ryan's brother out of retirement to run the offense. I think that would be pretty cool. You know what? I think I'm going to get Rex Ryan out so, of ESPN. Rob Ryan. And 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 come... No, forget Rob Ryan. Let's go with Rex. Rex, why don't okay. you come in, a defensive guru, and why don't you steward our number one young quarterback through this ever-critical season? Could, can, can you imagine... What, how, how long would Salah have made it? How, here's how long. I, I'd like to think Rex, Rex, Ryan, Rex Ryan wouldn't have done it. I think Rex and, Ryan would be like, you're, you're crazy. I'm, I'm good in my chair here every morning. I get you, you know, and listen, and so there, there's a small part of me that does feel for Matt Patricia. Um, but Patricia sure. should have went to Belichick early on with this and said, Agreed. hey, listen, behind closed doors, I'm a little in over my head. I can see it on the practice fields. Like, I don't, I, I can't get creative the way guys like Josh McDaniels could. And I, I just want to put that out on the table right now in July before we kick off the season in September. I'm sorry, but it is a huge storyline here around the Patriots. Absolutely. And they're about to go eight and nine. And I I just, I really don't understand it. And I don't think Kraft does either. And I, and I, you know, I do think he's fed up. 
that is that's definitely a worthy number one um, for sure. So my number one uh, actually, and this will make sense. I think um, my number one personally, as much as all those are great for me, no, I, it I is know. the David D- David Ortiz Hall of Fame induction. Um, Not what I thought fi- you were going to say, but that's no, a great okay. One. Yep. I've been waiting five years for this and really probably longer than that. Okay. Yeah. You know, there's not much to say about it. My all time favorite player, um, you know, condolences to Nomar. Um, he's alive, but you know, um, but all the memories he's given myself, any Sox fan, as you know, um, we know all the feats, all the accomplishments, everything he did for this team for 15 plus years. Um, so being able to see him up there, reliving a lot of that kind of almost brought me to tears because of all the stuff. I just remember being at so many different moments with him, uh, especially, um, I mean, really the, the Grand Slam against the Tigers in the ALCS in 2013. Mm-hmm. Um, but I love the fact that they had enough forethought to go ahead and save him for last. He was the last person t- uh, to have his speech at the Hall of Fame ceremony. Uh, I still remember during that summer being in the backyard, doing work, running back in, trying to time the DVR. They were way off time on it. Uh, they ran long, and then he went on. He had almost a 20-minute speech, so I couldn't get the... T- it was just the insanity, but just standing there, and just I couldn't even sit down just watching him speak. And it was just... It was just to, to have Great another moment. moment like that, yeah, it was, it was incredible. So, you know, my all-time favorite guy, uh, David Ortiz. So his Hall, of Fame, his Hall of Fame induction, for me personally, is number one, despite everything else that was um, that went on this year. Um, I have a number of honorable mentions. I don't know if you have... I'm assuming oh, yeah. you probably have more. So honorable mention, for, I'll just run through them real quick. Obviously, the Antonio Brown tantrum jersey strip and throw episode in MetLife that actually was 2022. It's crazy, but it was like January 2nd or something against the Jets. Um, Rams-Bengals Super Bowl, period. Super Bowl 56. Game top to bottom was freaking awesome. Um, NCAA tournament. St. Peter's Elite 8 run was freaking fantastic. Um, from this yeah. Patriots season, Marcus Jones, 84-yard punt return TD to beat the Jets week 11. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, Vikings come back from 33, down down 33 nothing to the biggest NFL comeback in history, being Indy, 39-36. was fantastic. Um, this is this is one that surprised you a little bit. Albert Pujols hit number 700 in, in L.A. against the Dodgers. That, like, six-week run where he's just mashing the ball to get to 700 – I was all in on that. I think that was that was awesome. Um, and then also, uh, young stud Julio Rodriguez coming out party this year, especially the home run derby goes ballistic. Yeah, I just enjoyed that entirely. This baseball season was freaking awesome. Despite the Sox, I fully this, this baseball season was fantastic with all the pageantry yep. and accomplishments, etc. What do you got for honorable mentions on your side? Um, Marcus Jones as well. You know, that was a huge moment. Um, and it certainly put him on a path towards probably stardom, you know, here with the, I, I don't, I think next year is really going to be his coming out party. Um, I also had, you know, the Xander Bogart story, you know, him leaving. That's, that's not a, not a great top moment, but that's no, but it's one of those ones that worry. stands out in your mind. And, um, and lastly, every single Mac Jones tantrum on the field, which I, I'm not, I'm not going for comedic yeah. value there. You, right. you do not see that with Bill Belichick teams. Now we've all seen right. Brady get fired up on the sidelines. We've seen him toss a tablet. We've tablet. even seen him and and Bill O'Brien had a little bit of a back and forth. 
But Mac Jones basically looks over at his offensive coordinator every game and gives him a piece of his mind and, and dismisses him. And to see that on a Belichick team is really a sign of the times. It's really, yeah. this is a different, it's just a different Patriots team right now. So um, yeah. that's what they got. All right. No, that's, that's, that's good stuff. All right. So that wraps up our uh, top five of 2022. It wraps up our uh, New Year's celebration for this episode as a whole. Um, again, saying goodbye to 2022. Hello, 2023. Only good things this year at this point as we look forward. Um, you know, before we close out, Sundance, any any New Year's resolutions you've got, um, book-related or otherwise? I'll tell you, I, I'm glad you actually brought that up. I am reading Stanley Tucci's book about uh, food and culture and family, and I highly recommend it. Um, if you but get it, a isn't chance. Isn't that a show? Isn't that a show on one of the streaming services? So he had a show where he would travel yeah. through Italy. It was on yes. CNN, um, and that was pretty cool. But he also put out a book, and it is called Taste, My Life Through Food. Um, it is a a fantastic read. He, I am not anywhere near through uh, done with it, but I got to tell you, he's a funny, funny guy, uh, and he speaks to the old Italian world and customs. Pick it up. You know, f- yeah. funny thing, I'm actually a huge Stanley Tucci fan. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm not gonna lie. My favorite roles of all time is him in Devil Wears Prada. Um, we can keep that sure. between us. But one of my favorite movies of all time. Um, sure. But yeah. Um, so mine is um, actually I have a few. I'm gonna keep some of them close to the vest because I don't want to jinx them. One of them is to not ever drink the mango habanero whiskey on this show again going forward because. Two fingers was really pushing my luck. Um, wow! All right, but uh, yeah, there's there's a number of out there. So I'm glad you exposed yourself. I have nothing to give you there. All right, so that wraps things up for us. Uh, before we go, another reminder: again, if you're watching us on YouTube, like, subscribe, turn notifications on so you don't miss a show. Audio is available on Spotify, Apple, and Google Podcasts. Uh, pretty much any of your podcast providers that you normally use, you'll find us there. If you're listening, rate and review there. Uh, make sure you're following us on social. We are hit or miss, sometimes more hit on Instagram, two, number two, Padres Pod, Twitter, TikTok. Yes, we do TikToks. Um, it's really the same as everyone else, but whatever. Uh, we're working on it. Don't judge us. Those Padres Podcasts on Facebook, again, all part of our greater Western Mass, Hartford County-ish takeover. Uh, one follower at a time. We're keeping it slow. But 2023, like you said, it's the year of the Padres takeover. You can bet on it. All right. We're going to be back in a week. Back in a week, hopefully, with Quick an NFL turn. playoffs preview. Yeah. We're going to do an NFL playoffs preview with or without the Patriots. Hopefully with. But even if they're not there, regardless, we'll be there to cover it. Um, kind of give our... Uh, our predictions, etc. Have a little fun with it. We're kind of working on that, but make sure you come back around um, next show to check that out. Uh, all the other comings and goings of the local teams, uh, maybe High and Bloom's going. Who knows? Wishful thinking, 2023, we'll see. Uh, but after the Devers signing, you know what? Maybe stick around for a bit. Maybe, maybe we'll give you a little bit of grace. I don't know. We'll see. Regardless, that guy, Sundance Kid, 
Major J, Dos Padres, Asa Tus Sueños. Happy New Year. We are out. Out. <laughs>